Hi, beautiful friends, and welcome back to the show. Today, I actually want to bring up a topic that often is discussed, but I found a some written words about this that really excited me and encouraged me. But it's basically when we come to a crossroads where we're choosing a career or we're choosing a future path, maybe we find ourselves unfulfilled in our current position or jobs or a season in our lives. Maybe we're having a crisis of identity and we're afraid to do to make a choice. We're afraid to pick the wrong thing. So I want to talk about how do we decide? How can we move forward? And the other thing is, is why are we letting our lives be lived in a way that we're holding back, that we're not fully embracing all the goodness and all the experience and all the beauty all around us? Why are we continuing to live days that feel like Groundhog Day instead of stepping out with such enthusiasm to experience and live our lives and love other people. So this is what I want to dig into today. Hi, beautiful friend, and welcome to Faith-Fueled Woman. I want to ask you, are you ready to accept the invitation we've been given to step into the adventure of pursuing God and what he has for us? Hi, I'm Kristen. I am an encourager. I'm a Christian inspirational speaker, author, and podcaster. I help women grow in their faith, purpose, and business so they can have lasting legacy and impact in their homes and in the world you want to partner with God to design your life to be less hurried, less stressed, be more excited and feel alive in your purpose and commitment to God and your family, this is the podcasting community for you. Your favorite beverage, your prayer journal, and your pen. And let's be encouraged. And I did just want to let you know, if you haven't signed up for my email newsletter yet, just go to faithfueledwoman.com and there is a place to sign up at the top but I'm going to be doing giveaways. I'm going to be giving away books and other amazing resources and things that have inspired me in my faith. So make sure you go sign up because I'm going to be sharing each week for a while, some people that have signed up, what they're going to get. So uh, if you're in the US, it may be mailed to you. If you're not, it may have to be an electronic option. Okay. So first I want to share with you an excerpt from the book, The Genius of Jesus by Erwin Raphael McManus, who is a pastor I believe near LA. He says, I meet too many sincere Christians who believe that what God wants for them is suffering and who will not allow themselves the freedom to love life. Others are so afraid to risk failure that they never experience the exhilaration of a genuine life of faith. I find it strange that someone can step into the freedom of Jesus and never feel free to enjoy the beauty of the world around them. Never feel free to laugh or play or be spontaneous. Never feel free to take great risks and great adventures. Never feel free to be passionate in love and in life. They live their lives out of obligation and die the slow death of regret and quiet desperation. And I thought, oh my goodness, those words so resonate with me because day in and day out, I meet people, I talk to people, and I feel like whether they are practicing, you know, a Christian faith or no faith or a different faith, I find so many people struggle to truly live a life of joy, a life of freedom, a life that they're in love with. And, but it's not about a life being about overdoing, right? Or gluttonous. We're talking about that. I believe we were given this gorgeous planet, this, the beauty all around us, other beautiful humans and in the concept of all different types of love that we were meant to truly experience all of that with the goodness in our hearts. So this is not about getting more or making more money necessarily. It's just about truly 
loving the lives we've been given. And I do think that that is how it was intended. Okay. So then in his book, he goes on to later say, um, I've had so many people come to me over the years seeking counsel concerning their life direction. Many have been in their 20s trying to choose a career and a future. Others have come in their 40s and beyond, having built incredible careers, but finding themselves unfulfilled. Their crisis of identity was usually more the outgrowth of too many choices, not too few, especially when they are people of faith. They describe feeling paralyzed by their fear of doing the wrong thing. And he goes on to say, my advice to them is rooted in the framework of the good that Jesus taught. I encourage them to ask two questions. What are you good at? And at which of those things that you're good at would allow you to do the most good in the world? Whatever the answer is to those questions, that's the good that you must do. And he says, being right is all about you. Doing good is about others. When the right is at war with the good, always choose the good. And he says, imagine a world in which everything is a work of art and expression of beauty, where everything we do and everything we say is true. Imagine a world where not only our actions, but our motives always create life. You don't have to worry about which choice you'll make because there are an endless number of good choices awaiting you. The balance between good and evil is astonishing leveraged in your direction. That's the world God created for us. But if, And then he goes on to explain, you know, that that is, you know, in Genesis, that is the world God created when Adam and Eve were in the garden, but that obviously that stopped when, um, Eve ate the fruit, but he ends with this. He says, most of us feel as if we're fighting our way through a jungle of endless bad choices, looking for the good, the one good choice we're supposed to make. When we talk of doing God's will, we speak as if his will is elusive and perhaps even unattainable. We work from the assumption that every choice we make outside of the one choice that is God's will for our life is a wrong choice. No wonder so many of us feel paralyzed, terrified to act. The likelihood our choices will be wrong or even sinful is too high a risk. We've come to believe that God's will is like walking on a high wire. Any misstep and we'll go plummeting to our death. It says the Garden of Eden gives us a very different picture of how God designed us to engage life itself. Every decision Adam and Eve made, save one, would be good. God's assessment of who we were was that we were good. We lost sight of that blessing and we've been drowning in an ocean of wrong choices ever since. No wonder we created religions with rituals and rules to give us a sense of self-righteousness. But the genius of Jesus is that he makes the profound painfully obvious. With each of his encounters, he made the right thing to do so clear. Do the good that is right in front of you. It may seem simple, but really it's a stroke of genius. If you're concerned about sin, try shifting your focus away from what you should stop doing. Instead, put your attention on what you should start doing. The best way to stop destructive behavior is to do good. There are so many good things to do. Volunteer to be a big brother or sister. Give one day a week to serve at the food shelter. Create community by cooking meal for new friends. Join a Habitat for Humanity build team. Do yourself some good by taking time to exercise, pray, take long walks to enjoy nature and renew your spirit. If you give your life to creating the good and the beautiful for yourself and others, you will run out of time for destructive behavior. If you make the intention of your life to do all the good you can, you will simply run out of time to worry about things you once thought you could not change. Uh, friends, to me, that is just gold. Those words are gold. 
I think too often we do, we are more worried about making the right choice, picking the right next step that often we just don't take the step or we hem and we haw and we forget it's more about people and showing up in action in love. That is what it comes down to. And I think if we focused more on that, and if we focused more on that God has given us a planet and other people and beauty all around us in art, and art people make an art that is in nature, if we understood these things and that he tells us it is in nature, it is in animals and plants, that we will be told things, right? It's, it's in scripture. This, my friends, is how we start navigating what's next for us. I love that question. What are you good at? But then we take it one step further and we say, what are you good at? And which of those things that you're good at would allow you to do the most good in the world? Holy cow. That is so powerful. And it doesn't mean that we have to pick the thing that's the most monumental today. I think in his question, his point is, just do a little bit more good today and then tomorrow. He's not saying quit your job, start a nonprofit if that's not on your heart, if that's not where you're called to be, but we can go show up and help someone else's nonprofit. We can say, hey, I'm going to start a book club for maybe, you know, women in my community. I'm going to invite a family over once a week. So in other words, how do we show up in service in our lives? That could be our main work, but it's truly just called we're called to constantly make it our work, whether it's during our work hours or in our profession, or whether it's outside of those hours. We're just called to serve and to love, and we're called to enjoy this life. And to remember that our we have many choices in their good choices. God meant for us to have choices. I think that's just amazing and it's beautiful. And I think there's so many scriptures that obviously reinforce both of these overall concepts. One, the do work that allows you to do the most good. One of those scriptures is Galatians 6, 9, which says, And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially those who are of the household of faith. And then another scripture that just continues to talk about us doing good. One of them is Proverbs 16, 3, which says, commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. And then another one is, do not neglect to do good and to share what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. That's Hebrews 13, 16. And friends, if you are uncertain that God wants us to enjoy our life, that he wants us to Praise him and give him glory. He wants us to do work that will point others to him. True, yes. But he also has commanded us to enjoy our hard work, to enjoy our life. There's many scriptures to this point, but one of them says, Go then, eat your bread in happiness and drink your wine with a cheerful heart, for God has already approved your works. That's Ecclesiastes 9, 7. But another one is, so I command So I commended pleasure, for there is nothing good for a man under the sun except to eat and to drink and to be merry. And this will stand by him in his toils throughout the days of his life, which God has given him under the sun. That's also Ecclesiastes. It's 8.15. And then the last one I'll share is, 
It says, there's nothing better for a man than to eat and drink and tell himself that his labor is good. This also I have seen that it is from the hand of God. Also in Ecclesiastes, once again, yes, we should be working. Our labor should be, you know, for the glory of God. But we are then told to have a heart of gladness. Another one is that it says, for he will not often consider the years of his life because God keeps him occupied with the gladness of his heart. It's also in Ecclesiastes 5.20. So a lot of Ecclesiastes talks about this um, a joy in our heart and enjoying life. But there's also other ones. Psalms or Psalm, Psalm 34 talks about who is the man who desires life and loves length of days that he may see good. Proverbs in Luke, they also talk about sort of this enjoying life, the fruits of our labor, if you will. So once again, these are important points that I think are brought up in the book, The Genius of Jesus. And I think they're worth thinking about and reflecting about how are we living our lives? What is it that's coming next for us? Or where are we being placed right now? And how can we just do more good? How can we seek opportunities to do the most good with our day, with our money, and with the work we do? I think that's those are the questions. So until next episode, I hope you have a beautiful and blessed week. Thanks again for listening. And if you would like to be encouraged and lifted up, I have a seven-day encouragement challenge. If you'd like to sign up, go to faithfueledwoman.com and just enter your email address and you will be sent seven days of Christian encouragement and inspiration to your inbox. Thanks again for listening to Faith Healed Woman. If you enjoyed the show, we would love it if you would share it with a friend. And if you would leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts because it helps us get discovered by more people to spread more hope in the world. Thanks again for listening in.